1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: Rant is coming back to Brooklyn, but has he unwittingly put himself right in the eye of the storm? It is Canty and Carlin in Fort Greene on ESPN radio and on ESPN plus your smart speaker as well. The clock is ticking. We are approaching 48 hours to the wedding of Christopher Canty and his lovely fiance, Mel. We are at DEFCON 3. It is Canty's last day on the show. He has a lot to get off of his
1: chest today. How are we feeling? We are feeling good, big fella. And I got an update on the caterer. I'm sure we'll get to that later in the show. But I will say this I got family and friends coming in town now. My mom just landed in Chicago moments ago. We are burning the boats. This thing is happening. It is going down Friday afternoon. And all we are looking for now is for nobody to go broken arrow
2: over the next 48 hours. That's all there is to it. We don't need anybody going rogue. Absolutely not. We've got a lot to get to today. Disrespect. Expect from someone you wouldn't expect for patrick mahomes and everything that canty has to get off of his chest including some people who need to pay attention to what he says it's all there for you but right now we only got one place to roll here we go, go, go!
1: only one place to start
0: KD and the Nets saying kumbaya, and they're going to be holding hands for the foreseeable future.
2: Like Kevin Durant, like, well, you know, I've reconsidered, and you know.
0: Yeah, I want to stay.
2: No! You ain't going no place. He's not going no place because the Nets were not going to get anywhere near what they needed to get to justify trading away Kevin Durant. One place to start. Brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So he's back with the Nets, and he's got Kyrie Irving also back with the Nets. And we always talk about pressure. Who's got the most pressure on them in professional sports, right? And to me, Mm -hmm. it's kind of an overplayed thing sometimes. But Kevin Durant is such an interesting case study to me, Chris, because of everything that has happened this offseason, losing this battle with the Nets and ultimately coming back because it's his best opportunity to win a championship. I honestly wonder, though, if somebody that I'm not convinced – really cares ultimately for what his legacy is going to be can have as much pressure on him as people would believe there is on kevin durant right now
1: well i think it's because of how we're going to view kevin durant in the pantheon of the greatest players of all time right you're talking about him being one of the 10 to 12 best players to have ever played the game and so along with that comes lofty expectations And this is a guy that decided to leave a better basketball situation, a championship level situation in Golden State to start his own thing in Brooklyn. And of course, if you're leaving a dynasty like the Golden State Warriors, then you damn well better have success in setting up your own thing. And quite frankly, this has failed miserably to the point where everybody is saying that this is a debacle. And so I just think when we start to talk about Kevin Durant, it's a matter of whether or not The leadership intangibles will allow him to ascend to the heights that we saw out in the Bay Area and, you know, be more on par for what we see with all time greats. I mean, you don't find a lot of guys in the top 10 in the NBA history that don't have those dominant leadership traits. And yet that seems to be the one thing that's lacking with Kevin Durant. And I think that's why we're talking about him having so much pressure on him to deliver in Brooklyn.
2: It's funny, Chris. I think about athletes right now who we want to assign this pressure to because they need to win. Do we think about Durant? We think about Aaron Rodgers. We think about Dak Prescott. Mm. We even, you know, even after a subpar finals, maybe we talk about somebody like Jason Tatum in that discussion. But you brought up something there that is counterintuitive to the way that Kevin Durant acts. He came here because he felt like he needed to go and do it on his own, right? But I don't get the impression that if somehow he doesn't win a championship with the Nets or another one again, that he's going to lose an ounce of sleep. He can get after it with people on social media all we want because he doesn't like to be criticized. But he also doesn't like to take responsibility for everything that goes with being The alpha in it. You know, you talked about the leadership. Who has Kevin Durant ever held accountable on his team? Nobody. He certainly didn't do that this past year with Kyrie Irving at all. He cared about getting paid long-term, his contract, and then he wanted to get out of the situation the second it looked like it was not going to be ideal
1: for him. No, 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 no. He didn't get out of that situation because it wasn't going to be ideal for him. He got out of. The, he wanted to get out of the situation because the organization wouldn't commit to Kyrie Irving long term on yeah, a max contract extension. That's making it not extension. ideal for
2: what he thought. Or what, well, no,
1: what- I, I, I don't. I, that's the thing, Carlin. I mean, when we start talking about leadership, a part of that is holding everybody accountable, and it seems like Kevin Durant wants to hold the front office and the coaching staff more accountable than one of his good friends and teammates in Kyrie Irving. Well, they're not and the that's ones a that part he has problem, to hold accountable. But that's a part of the problem and why this Brooklyn Nets team is underachieved so badly. So that, that's the part. That's the issue. That's the thing that everybody will use to hold over Kevin Durant as to why he doesn't belong in the top 10 to 12 players of all time. But do that's you what think people that, will point to. But I don't believe he actually feels the pressure of all that. Because oh, he wants to be considered one of the greatest of all time, there's no question about but it. But he has Carly. no
2: interest in putting the work in that that's involved with it. Well, no, I mean, no, no. He can well, work well, hard you gotta, as a well, player. Yeah, when you, you say putting the work in, else. now you got to
1: qualify that because the yes, guy you know has I mean 30 by points a game the work last year. In,
2: <laughs> yeah, what I mean by putting the work in is not the work on the court to be a better player. Yeah, I mean putting the work in that is involved in everything else, like holding Kyrie Irving accountable, like being an alpha, like when he had the opportunity. To save the James Harden situation, not pointing to the front office and saying, "Nah, I, I, this is not my not my deal, not my problem." No, the, all of that is not putting that work as a leader in. And I don't think that Durant ultimately will lose an ounce of sleep after all is said and done because he will have gotten the money. He will have won a couple of championships in his own mind. And while he didn't get it done on his own, he will have no trouble whatsoever pointing the finger in the directions of why it went wrong and never pointing the thumb.
1: Yeah, but that's the problem, though, right? I mean, aside from Golden State, we're talking about underachieving Oklahoma City when you had Russell Westbrook in MVP, when you had James Harden in MVP and then coming over to Brooklyn and under, underachieving with Kyrie Irvin, who's a former champion, and then having James Harden for a year, and then also having Ben Simmons on this roster, whatever he ends up being this upcoming season. If they don't find a way to be able to get it done, the story about Kevin Durant will be supremely talented player, maybe one of the best offensive players the game has ever seen, and yet we're not talking about this guy being able to have the high level of success that you would attribute to a player with that skill set, because of the lack of leadership intangibles, look. I, that I look will at be him. His, that will be his epitaph on his on his sports tune his sports so that, That'll be that, that'll term. be what it is. You think it'll bother him? Yeah, I think it'll bother him. Kevin Durant hears everything. And beyond he that, Kevin Durant everything. is a historian. And beyond that, Kevin Durant is a historian. Like he all this guy wants to do is hoop. He's all about ball, and to be remembered as one of the greatest of all time. Is something that every single athlete wants not just every single basketball player every single athlete wants that's why we talk about it in football carlin the pinnacle of the nfl is not winning a super bowl the pinnacle is the pro football hall of fame why because you want to be remembered you care about your legacy you care about how other people view you once you stepped away from the game what other people will say your contribution to the game was when it comes to Kevin Durant, yeah, supremely talented player. Nobody will take that away from him. Nobody can criticize what he does on the court. But when it comes to holding teammates accountable, when it comes to high-level winning, I think those are all fair criticisms of KD. And unless things change dramatically in Brooklyn this upcoming season, that that will be the headline when we start talking about his career. That will be the thing that everybody remembers. This dude... Left the Golden State Warriors, a team that had won, what, three championships in four years? He left that situation to team up with Kyrie Irvin, who, who who was an abject failure in Boston, who was a coach killer in Boston? He left that situation in Golden State to team up with that dude? Yeah. Yeah, everybody's going to criticize KD, and they would be well within their rights. So there's a lot of pressure on this dude to deliver. You're talking about the Nets now having the third shortest odds of any team to win the NBA championship. There's no excuses this year.
2: Look, all of that is fair, and the criticism will be there. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. But there is a difference between he wants all of those things and he needs all of those things. The players that need all of those things do everything else, that is tied into having that ultimate legacy. When we talk about the biggest winners and that pantheon, that top, top four or five players of all time, what do they all have in common? They all needed it. Kevin Durant, I don't think, through no fault of his own, has that urge to need it. He wants it. It'd be great to have it. It'll bother him to get criticized for it. But ultimately, he will not lose an ounce of sleep over it. I don't think he's going to stay up at night after his career's over and counting all the money that he made and say, you know what? Yeah, but I don't think people might say it. He won't say, yeah, but
1: Carlin, I hear what you're talking about with the money, but I'm going to borrow a line from Kyrie Irving. And I can't believe I'm saying this when it comes to KD, It ain't about the money. It ain't about the money. He's got the money. I mean, he's getting more from the shoe deal than he is from the from the Brooklyn Nets. It's not about money at this point. It's about being remembered. It's how you're remembered, and I'm uh, unfortunately because this has been such a disaster in Brooklyn, this is going to be the thing that's top of mind for people when it comes to Kevin Durant. But when will it gets tough, top of mind for him. It, when, hold itself. on. Let me say, let me finish saying this. When it gets tough, this dude folds. Oklahoma City Thunder, Western Conference Finals. They're up what three one against the Golden State Warriors. Yep. Lose that series when Golden State is on the way to winning the championship. I don't know about this. I need to leave Russell Westbrook. Let me join Golden State. Oh, Golden State will win the championships. Oh, Draymond Green and others are being critical of me in the locker room. Up, oh, let me leave this situation. I'll go to Brooklyn. Oh well, the organization wants to hold Kyrie Irving accountable. They're not going to give him his money. Up, oh, it's getting tough. Let me bail out on Brooklyn. At some point, you're going to have to fight through some kind of adversity if you are truly great. That's what greatness is, being able to elevate the play of everybody around you and to fight through adversity and get on the other side of it and have high-level success. We ain't seen that from Kevin Durant. What adversity nope. has we have we seen him fight through, through in his career? What adversity None. have we seen it? None. Okay. None. So when we start talking about the 10 to 12 greatest players of all time – that's what you will use to hold over his head and say he doesn't belong in that group. And trust me, Carlin, Kevin Durant cares about that. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a tweet from Kevin Durant saying he does care about it because you know he has that relationship with you. I'm just saying, Kevin Durant cares about how he's remembered. Then act like it. That's my problem with it because
2: ultimately your actions speak louder than your words, and I don't think he needs it at the end boy this is this is a loaded conversation it's Canty and carlin in for Greeny on espn radio and espn plus we're going to get into it more in just a few moments but how we will get into it will be framed around what the fallout is behind kevin durant actually coming back and how it also affects the rest of the eastern conference and how it potentially affects the league as a whole for the future because it really really does and we're going to get insight from that from our espn front office insider in just moments greenie is presented by progressive insurance protect the stuff you love with renters insurance visit progressive.com canty and carlin on espn radio
1: greenie
3: the podcast
0: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. It's awesome to want all of the glory
2: and everything that goes with being an alpha, but everything that comes with it on the side, when you don't realize what goes into it, uh, to me, that's a that's a major, major issue. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff that you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive.com. We are also closing in on Chris Canty's wedding, which is, of course, this coming Friday. And we yeah. have many, many different questions that we need to get answered uh, by the end of today. And also openly soliciting your last-minute advice for Canty I would say primarily in regards to the wedding because I think the marriage thing, listen, I could sit here and, and give you advice or whatever, but it's all stuff ultimately you have to learn on your own. Can't you? It's like going to training camp. I mean, you gotta get reps, right? You gotta experience it for yourself.
1: (laughs) A thousand percent. And you gotta know your personnel too, right? Exactly. So as you, as you get more reps under your belt, you start to know your personnel, who your, who your teammates are, what their strengths are, the weaknesses are, and operate accordingly. So you're absolutely right when it comes to that. But Carlin. I, I got to ask you this question, big fellow, because it, it, this is something that's starting to hit me now. And, and it didn't until yesterday afternoon. I told you one of my college teammates drove in town from D.C. And we were hanging out with his family on the south side. But the thing that I was, I was, I, it was almost like a revelation moment, a light bulb moment. Mm. This is the first time that our families, like our extended families and friends will be meeting each other. So it's always like it's it's this merging of lives and you never quite know how those interactions are going to go. So it's just I'm just sitting there thinking about myself, like, like, are my people going to get along with her people? Because some of my guys, especially the ones that play football, you know, they ain't rap tight, Carlin. They're not all there. You know, there are a couple of screws loose. So you wonder how that's going to play. When, you know, they meet her family like I just it's one of those things. We knew it was coming, but you don't really think about it until the week of and days before the wedding. And this thing is happening, brother. This thing is happening on Friday. And I'm curious to see how that's all going to go. All right. Well, there's there's always a wild card or two when you say they're
2: not wrapped that tight. Yes. And and just briefly, just briefly that is a pre-event conversation to be had by you. There is a lot of maintenance involved getting into this this event on Friday. There yeah. are a lot of little things that you need to be buttoned up. This one's about the details, my friend. And the, last, the time that you walk past that little speck of paper that's on the floor and you don't pick it up
1: is the time you get burned by that. <laughs> no, you're right about that. And that's why security will be brief. They'll, they'll have a scouting report. And it's not just about keeping the environment safe, but it's also protecting our guests from themselves, if that makes sense. You know, we talk about protecting the player from themselves, how the organization has to make sure they put the pieces in place to keep those players safe. The guardrails, like the security staff is going to have to have some guardrails for some of our wedding guests. And I'm more concerned about the people on my side just because I know how some of those guys get down like some of my former teammates, college and pro, mm. they can get real loose with it, Carlin, especially when the drinks start to flow at the reception. So that's the thing I'm worried about the most, and there is one guy in particular that I'm worried about the most because even going back to college, this guy couldn't handle his liquor. And so I'm worried about it when it's open bar and the whole – and we're talking about a long runway with the reception. The wedding ceremony is only going to be about 30 minutes. The reception, we've, we've got the place booked for – the following five hours after the ceremony. So Is there an the after thing. party as well? I, I don't think there's gonna be an after party, Carlin. I, I don't yeah. know if anybody's gonna make it at that point. Okay. That, that's a lot of partying that we're talking about doing. But this one guy in particular is the one that concerns me the most. Okay, and so well, here's- I, he, he he listen, I gotta give you this backstory because I know we gotta get to a guest. But once upon a time when I was throwing football camps for kids in the tri-state area, this guy came into town. And I lie to you not, one of our other college teammates had to tackle this guy to keep him from getting arrested by NYPD. That's how crazy he got. I'm just saying, that's what we're dealing with at the Canty Richards wedding on Friday. We, um... We have a couple of easy fixes
2: that we will get to with this. But I think just to sum it all up, Canty threw it in there, and it may just be something that might have escaped you. Security will be at his wedding. It oh, is yeah. for and sure, Carlin. For sure. In for Greeny on ESPN yeah. Radio and ESPN+. Shout out to Plus. CPD.
1: We appreciate y'all. <laughs>
2: One guy who's been married a long time, and I want to hear exactly what his advice here would be, among other things as well, is Bobby Marks, our ESPN NBA front office insider. Bobby Canty is getting married on Friday. Do you have any last minute wisdom to impart on him, be it about the wedding, be it about the marriage, be it about any of the above uh, coming up on such an incredibly monumentous event?
0: I would say just say yes a lot. <laughs> I would say just say yes and just Guy, you know, you, you mentioned in this story, and I, I have a funny story from my wedding. You know, Rod Thorne, who was with the Nets at the time, was the dean of discipline before that. And he, you know, he had made that suspension with the Knicks and the Heat. And my, my wedding party was all Knicks fans. And I remember during the open bar, you know, they were basically had Rod pinned in a corner and I don't know what was being said to him at the time. I think they were mad about Charlie Ward being suspended or the P.J. Brown incident. So, yeah, we, I think we all have them in that wedding party, and when you do have a bar, it gets a little dicey. Yeah, screaming so Bobby, because Bobby, what do you do
1: with that? How do you navigate
0: that? You know what? You just walk away.
2: You just walk away and let it navigate itself. <laughs> I'm just picturing somebody screaming in Rod Thorne's face Ewing only had one foot off the bench. Why did you suspend him?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love it. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil on your wedding day. Thank you, Bobby Barks. <laughs> All right, Bobby, let's get to what happened yesterday. What was your overall.
2: Uh, view from 30,000 feet of what happened uh, with this whole situation over the last month and a half with Kevin Durant and the Nets?
0: I think the only thing that was probably surprising was that there was a press release. Um, I've never seen that before, announcing that the partnership will continue, especially for a player that under contract for four year four years, it's almost like they're announcing that they're renewing their wedding vows. Right? Speaking of weddings, um, and
2: <laughs> better hope it goes I'm better not, than that I I on Friday,
0: Campy <laughs> <laughs> I think we just got to a point where, especially with training camp about a month away, where it was going to be you know one or two things. You know, either Durant was going to stay home and you know kind of continue um, with his way of asking to be uh, traded and not report to camp, or you're going to have to at least for now, bring some closure to this situation. I, I think for at least the time being here and um, I think for the betterment of everyone is that, you know, Kevin needs to come to training camp. Kevin needs to perform. And then I think whatever, if the trade demand is still there, come, you know, the trade deadline or maybe next off season, then I think they'll deal with it uh, there. But I just think, I just think, as I said, there just needs to be some closure because we keep on hearing different teams being mentioned and that was going to continue throughout the season. Um, and it kind of, you know, it helps a little bit when when media day comes along, you know, everyone will probably have to answer to it uh, in late September. But at least for now, there's, a, you know, there's probably a big bandaid on this situation.
1: So Bobby, what are the ripple effects throughout the rest of the NBA? Because you just mentioned it, the other teams that were involved or interested in trading for Kevin Durant or even teams that were interested in trading for Kyrie Irving, What happens to teams like the Lakers, like the Miami Heat, like the Boston Celtics, like the Toronto Raptors? How do they chart a path forward and and what does that mean in terms of what happens at the top of the NBA, especially at the top of the Eastern Conference?
0: Yeah, I think Boston is probably the one team I'm um, interested as far as what happens with. Uh, I think they've got a little bit of probably um, you know damage control with with Jalen Brown. I mean, these guys they're coming off an Eastern Confer- uh, NBA Finals. They had a good summer with Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Allen R and then all of a sudden in late January, uh, late J- uh, July, you know Jalen Brown is linked to um, you know to the to the Nets and Kevin Durant, and and that was really kind of the only. I guess, concrete, somewhat offer that we heard, you know, whether it be, um, you know, Brown and Derek White or Brown and, you know, Brooklyn wanting Marcus Smart. I mean, all these other teams with Miami and Phoenix and Toronto, we just heard names, right? That that. So I think if you're Boston, I do think there will there'll probably be a point if it hasn't happened where you are going to have to sit down with, with Jalen Brown and kind of, Explain, you know, it's it's a it's a good thing to be named in, in a Kevin Durant talks, I guess. But if you're jailing, you probably think, well, wait a minute, I just brought this team to an NBA Finals. Um, you know, I consider myself an all-star. Why, why is my name, you know, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, being, um, you know, talked about here? So, I think for Boston, a little bit of damage control. I think the Lakers are interesting because they, you know, certainly there was a ripple effect if Durant gets traded and this Kyrie Irving becomes available and. You know, Irving is not available, at least for right now. Um, so it's kind of they're, they're moving forward with that same roster, and that same roster includes Russell Westbrook.
2: Bobby Marks, ESPN A- NBA front office insider, joining Canty and Carlin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bobby, without getting too far into the weeds, how could this whole situation that we have seen unfold between Irving, between Durant and the Nets, affect the collective bargaining agreement because – If I'm not mistaken, either side can opt out of it, and we might be facing a whole new situation at the end of next
3: year.
0: I think it helps. And I I say that because it would have hurt the Players Association if we got to late September and Kevin Durant is holding out like Ben Simmons did last year. And instead of it, you know, the commissioner labeled it as a one-off last year, and I think it was – now we're dealing with uh, the, Dur- the Durant situation here, so I think I think it helps from the, from the PA standpoint where they have um, you know more you know more to play with as far as what they're looking to, to get here. I think guys, we're in you know we're in the day and age of you know I, I don't I don't know if it's player empowerment, but you know we've seen players asked to be traded for a long long time here, and I think it's interesting you know that Brooklyn kind of held firm here. Um, it's up to the team if they want to trade him or not. Of course, we're in a, a day and age of social media and a lot of a lot becomes more a lot becomes more public here so yeah i mean i think it it, it would have hurt uh, the league in general and i think you would have probably seen the owners probably stand up a little bit more when we get closer to december 15th if we would have had a second consecutive holdout um you know with, with durant which right now it's, it looks like we're not going to have
1: talking with espn nba front office insider bobby marks on greenie and bobby shifting gears from the Nets. To the Knicks, we heard about the Knicks trade offer for Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz, Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, and five first round draft picks, two unprotected. Now it seems as there's been a little bit of a pivot in the Knicks front office, according to Ian Begley. The Knicks are now considering potentially including RJ Barrett in a trade package for Donovan Mitchell. Your thoughts on that development on that trade front?
0: Yeah. I think it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, RJ is going into the last year of his, uh, of his contract. He's extension eligible. There's a price, you know, you go from a rookie contract to probably a guy that's going to make 25 to $30 million. And if you're not comfortable, you know, paying that, then he becomes that central piece of a deal. Probably you prioritize Quentin Grimes, maybe a little bit more, I mean, and quickly, probably a little bit more because, you know, their guy, they have two, you know, two, two, two or three years left on your contract here. So, I think for New York, it's all about kind of what, you know, as I said, what's your restraint going to be? So if Barrett is going to be your centerpiece, is it Barrett, Fournier? And then I think the picks for me right now, it doesn't mean as much because, you know, I guess two or three are from other teams. I think it's certainly you can put protection on the picks that are going with um, out with um, your own. And I think you can be a little bit more aggressive because he's got three years or four years left on his contract. He's a player that's from the New York area. He wants to be here, it looks like. He loves, you know, certainly the, the teams, the sports teams around, whether it be the Mets or the, you know, the, the you know, the, the hockey teams. You see him at all these. So you know that he's going to be here for more than three or four years here. So I think that's something that we probably we get into training camp um, and maybe something materialized a little bit. Um, you know, we get closer to October 17th, October 18th, but the pieces are there to get a deal done. It's just a matter of if Utah is willing to kind of take what's available. And if New York's willing to be a little bit more aggressive.
2: Bobby, awesome stuff. We appreciate it. Thanks for the insight and for the last-minute advice for Canty.
0: Well, you're welcome, and good luck luck with marriage. (laughs) Thank you, Bobby. (laughs)
1: Just the way he put that...
2: Good Soon luck with marriage. It was, it was a little ominous, right? Exactly. <laughs> really. good,
1: good luck there with There was that. a tone in there. <laughs> yeah, let me know how that marriage thing works out <laughs> for you, bud. <laughs>
2: it's Canty and Carlin in for Grinny on ESPN Radio. Nature Valley is giving away back-to-school gear for free at the Retalk Shop. On TikTok, show how you reduce, reuse, or recycle with hashtag retalk for nature and you could be served a code unlocking one free item. While supplies last terms, and conditions apply. Let's hit a call or two checking in on your wedding and on Kevin Durant. Russ is up in Chicago on ESPN Radio in the city which you will be wed on Friday. Russ, what's up?
3: Hey, guys. First of all, Kenny, good luck and congratulations. It's going to be an awesome day. Thanks, brother. All right. So, uh, Chicago, I had a vendor problem. Uh, we had a kid claw machine for kids that we had there. The photo booth guy just cancels at the last second. So I talked to the claw guy. I said, hey, we need something to entertain the kids or entertain the adults with. And this guy shows up with a claw machine filled with miniature bottles of booze from his sister company called Cocktail Claw. Rented it out. And a bunch of adults were just kind of fishing in there for those little airplane shooters and just had so much fun. (laughs) Turned out to be like just an amazing time for a flake of a vendor it was just awesome you guys would love that
1: oh that's fantastic that, that, that's that is outstanding i don't know why i didn't think of that carlin that's pretty good that, yeah, that's, no a, doubt. that's
2: pretty good uh so you just to be clear you got the whole situation with the uh, caterers yesterday straightened out because they uh well they recognized
1: well, absolutely. And a shout out to them, Chicago Blue Plate. They figured it out for me. We were able to jump on a call. We went through the actual invoice. We had to get some things crossed off and straightened out because there were some upcharges, some overages that we just weren't down with. But ultimately, we, we we came to an agreement. They're, they're going to lay it out for us on Friday. It's going to be an awesome event. And they they did have a mea culpa moment. There was the apology calling, which is really the important part of it because of the emotional distress that you put my fiance soon-to-be wife, under because it wasn't buttoned up in the first place. So shout out to Blue Play for Chicago. Y'all got it figured out. Heidi and her team, we really appreciate that. And now we can get on to the business of getting ready for the wedding.
2: Well, let's just... Uh clarify something was it clear that it had gotten back to them that they were put on blast oh yeah 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 that happened that happened that happened. That absolutely happened mm-hmm. that absolutely happened that's why you don't mess with 99
1: that's no no no, no, no. Well, don't i mean just- listen we're pound for pound the biggest show on espn radio <laughs> nobody nobody wants that smoke <laughs> nope. we're, trying to tell, we're trying to tell y'all you know what that was a lesson
2: that's there you go. a lesson
1: there you go
0: We know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
2: Who would you rather be in the future, the Giants or the Bears? We're going to get to that in 30 minutes because that's a fascinating question. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, friends. Greeny is brought to you by Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Department of Defense Warrior Games. With Boost Mobile, feel the power of more money in your pocket on one of America's largest 5G networks yankees win again last night again they win four to two for the third consecutive game they take this two-game series from the mets in the bronx uh and now everybody feels as if you're headed right back in the right direction and maybe that little (laughs) stretch of struggling is over with but i have to tell you i'd be very very worried about the yankees situation given what's going on with their bullpen you were trying to get Three innings, three and a third, ten outs from Clark Schmidt last night without having to go to anybody else. And you almost got there. Yep. You just couldn't do it at the last minute. But that just tells you not only you know how many injuries they've had, but also how little faith they have in some of their guys, including one or all of Chapman.
1: Well, yeah, but, I mean, the defense didn't do you any favors, right? Maybe you yeah. don't have to lean on Clark Schmidt as much unless Blake gleyber didn't have that gaffe that he had in the sixth inning where he tries to run down Jeff McNeil to the second base bag. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Pete Alonzo is strolling down the home plate. It just doesn't make any sense. But those are the little things that end up showing up at the most inopportune times for the Yankees calling it. That's what led to them losing 14 of their last 18 before coming into this two-game set with the Mets. Now, nothing says slump buster like the New York Mets, even though they're at the top of the NL East. And so this is always one of those rivalries, always one of those things where it's big brother, little brother, and the Yankees seem to be able to get back on track. But I still worry about some of the deficiencies that we've seen in this team post-All-Star break. The starting rotation hasn't been as good as it was before the All Star break. Even though Herman and Montaz gave you pretty good starts, I mean you're basically talking about two consecutive quality starts from your starting pitching. So that's that's a good that's a good sign. Oh, I don't know. But I read we,
2: the New York papers today, and it's like everything's just fine. And, no, but you it's know, not we, fine, though, no, Carlin. It's not fine. To, we jumped it's, too soon on uh, you know criticizing Brian Cashman. God forbid.
1: No, it's not. It's it, Carlin. All of the things that we worried about are valid like we're worried about the length in the lineup and being able to manufacture runs without having to hit the home run we worry about the defense behind the starting pitching we worry about the bullpen being able to close out games being able to shorten the game especially when we get into the postseason where you're not going to get as much length from your starting pitching like all of those things are valid concerns right now there aren't a lot of guys in that pen that you can point to and say you feel good about right Mm. you don't trust lewisica you don't trust chapman you don't, no. trust a lot of guy, you don't trust a lot of guys. You don't trust a lot of guys in the back end of your bullpen. Clay, Clay Holmes. You don't trust him. So I, I just that that's a part of the problem in terms of the Yankees being able to do high level winning. And when you stack them up against a team like the Houston Astros, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to be the pessimistic Yankees fan, but I've seen this team come up short too many times in October to believe that. The struggles that we've seen post All Star break are just a blip.
2: Well, Chris, what's the biggest problem with everything you just said? And to be clear, when I was saying, uh, I read the papers, you know, I was being sarcastic when I said it. There are problems here, and they are the same problems that have haunted you for years. It has been a big issue for a long time that they can't score runs if they don't. Uh, hit home runs i mean last night you're seeing them trying to bunt and suicide squeeze and all this stuff out of nowhere but that's not all of a sudden gonna fix the issue like that's been a problem for a long time that has continued to not be addressed the starting pitching has been a problem for a long time that has not been addressed and the one time they did really truly address it was with cole and let's just call what it is they've gotten hoodwinked on that deal yeah, the spider type. Yeah. So yeah, he's, no he's nowhere near the same guy that he was. It's nice that Montas did something last night, but to all of a sudden, and this is where uh, uh, the one thing Brian Cashman has always been brilliant at. Uh, br- the one thing he's always been brilliant at is handling the media and making sure to take care of guys and calling guys back off the record and giving them information and all that. Because you see articles like today... Where it's like, see, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, Yeah, Frankie Montas had a couple of bad starts, but they got this straightened out. And we're going to go back to using Graham Lloyd and guys like that back in the day as, as,
1: as a... Uh, I still don't the Jordan-Montgomery trade makes any sense. I still don't understand that one. I, I don't understand it either. Now, look, maybe the Cardinals have
2: unlocked something in him that Matt Blake couldn't, but at the same time, the guy that you got for him has not been on the field yet. So... He might be a gold glover. Let's see if that makes a difference in the postseason. But you'd much rather have Jordan Montgomery right now and some more depth than you certainly would with Harrison Bader, who is injured.
1: Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.